Yeah, so we are here in our parents' attic. I wish you could see the surroundings we're in. They're very humble. But I think all good projects started this way. Hashtag humble. Hashtag yeah. humble, yeah. So we're both currently at home. Obviously, Corona, it's been a weird year. Corona took your job, it took my job. Took everyone's jobs. I'm now living with our parents. He's 30, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, yeah. So I'm 30, I'm living at home and I'm single and I don't get any likes on Hinge. So should we move on? Let's move, move on. on. <laughs> Let's move on. We don't want people to feel sorry for us. So we've had a lot of time, a lot of thinking time. We decided to do what I think most people probably decide to do when they have a lot of time on their hands, which is make a podcast. Hey, yeah, that's right. Making a podcast because we're both at home and we thought this time would be a good time to put our heads together and come up with a little passion project. Passion project. Two siblings working on a passion project. We thought, what do we both have in common? We're siblings. We're Pakistani. Wait, what? <laughs> and, and we both love music. Two absolute music heads. Yusuf, what's your experience? Yeah, so I have been a promoter. I currently have a radio show in Bristol. I am a failed DJ. I've been DJing for maybe like 11, 12 years now. And I also work as a booking agent. So yeah, I'm pretty immersed, I would say. Good CV, good CV. Well, you'd think so, but I don't get any jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so. I am not a failed DJ. I'm actually a budding DJ. Yep, she can count to four really, really well. Watch this face. And mix two tracks together as long as they're the same song. Same song into each other. And if those two tracks are Inspector Norse. <laughs> into Inspector Norse. Any Inspector Norse massive fans come to my first set because it's all I'll be playing. Or if Todd Turge wants to sponsor this podcast, please feel free to hit us up. Our DMs are open. <laughs> <laughs> Slide into the DMs, please. But that's how we start out. Again, hashtag humble. We both love music, but we've been home, we've been chatting. It's been a weird old year. And the thing we have been thinking about most is representation in the music industry. As someone who's getting more and more into it, I don't see anyone who looks like me, who I can relate to. I don't see myself in the music industry. And looking across radio stations, looking at you know the top 40, why not? Are there any people who look like us there? Not particularly. What we wanted to do is learn something from other South Asians in the music industry, find out a little bit about their journey. Just bringing on a whole range of voices and experiences together onto this podcast so we can learn more about who we are, where we're going, if things are going to get better. We've got two guests coming up on the podcast today. Later on, we're speaking to DJ and producer I Had A Dream. And right now, we've got Mark Machado from the South Asian Audio Creatives about the campaign that they're running. I'm Mark Machado. I have been in radio for 10 years now. I've worked at the BBC and in commercial radio, and I'm currently director of productions at 1129 Media. And I was part of the group that founded South Asian Audio Creatives. So the South Asian Audio Creatives are a group who all work in radio, or mainly from a radio background at least. The reason I feel that we need to represent South Asians in the broadcast industry, because I've been lucky enough to be in radio for over 10 years now. This is actually a much wider thing it's about integrating our community and our experiences and our stories into public mainstream life why has this happened why has this segregation almost happened that there's many different reasons for this to happen but the first thing we can do as a community is reflect on the fact that we've let this happen to some degree i think there's an element of we've let ourselves be othered there is a generational issue where maybe previous generations didn't think that you could have a career in the creative industries just wouldn't encourage 
their children or younger people in their family to go and pursue these careers. When I speak to my parents, sometimes I feel there's an imposter syndrome coming in where they didn't feel like they should have their stories told, that they didn't feel that they should have their music being played. Yeah, so the key stats we were looking at around the campaign, we basically just went through every major kind of commercial radio station and BBC station and we looked at how many South Asian presenters they had. We were quite shocked on the Cross Global. So talking Capital LBC, Heart, Smooth, Classic FM across the global network. They had one South Asian presenter who was an LBC presenter. On Bauer, the, the situation was the same. They had one South Asian presenter on Kiss on a Friday evening. So when I saw those figures, I was I was kind of impressed. I was like, wow, you'd have to go out your way to, <laughs> to have avoided such a large percentage of, of your audience and not been able to reflect them. I just don't believe that there's no South Asian person who's good enough to be on Capital FM or who's good enough to be on Absolute. Or, you know, there's no one passionate enough about new music. That was Mark Machado from the South Asian Audio Creatives dropping some absolute truth bombs. We're going to get straight into our conversation with DJ and producer I Had a Dream. Okay, so Yusuf and I are super excited to introduce our first ever guest to the podcast. But, but, but. We have a DJ and producer, co-founder of More Time Records. He has had a residency on BBC Asian Network. I am going to go on. He's curated many a show with Boiler Room. He's put on The Night No ID. You might have heard of it. We're going to be talking about that later. And he was also nominated Best Breakthrough Label at DJ Mag Awards. We have, drum roll please. I had a dream, aka I had Ellie. How are you today? Thank you for that lovely introduction. That was a good introduction. You should um, charge for them. Yeah, I was going to say, of all the introductions you've probably had, that was bang average i imagine no no that was great you lived in pakistan until you were 13 right whereabouts are your family from there so i was born Rawalpindi, and then we moved to islamabad so i don't i wouldn't remember the Rawalpindi part because i was a baby so what was it like being a teenager having just come from pakistan experience in british life for the first time uh it was like it was like a culture shock really you know i had an accent <laughs> like um so that was always a thing at school like and and it was like it was there was a big like accent crisis overall in my whole life my cousins that i grew up with at the time that i moved here they moved to canada and so they had a canadian accent so when i speak to them i'd want to have a canadian accent whereas at home i'd want to have a you know i speak urdu and then at school it was british so it's like just ends up being a bit confusing do you know what i mean and a lot, a lot of a lot of people do have that i think my exposure to music in the uk i used to go to these underage nights in stevenage <laughs> near where i went to school and it was like uk garage jungle rap like 50 cent kind of time like <laughs> when he was popping off and it was like you know school discos and stuff like that so that, that's where i would have been exposed to hearing music out for the first time and then when i got when i got a bit older when i when i got to like 18 and i got to sixth form i was listening to a lot of like indie music as well going to festivals like uh reading festival was my first festival and yeah and then i went, got, got to unions and got introduced to electronic music you were studying chemistry, which I assume your parents would have loved. How did they feel when you kind of decided to swerve, swerve over to the music industry? Basically, my mom's always said to me that if you get your degree, you can do anything you want after. They moved here so that we could go to uni as, and get like a local fee because sending people as foreign students is like ridiculously expensive. That's kind of like the sacrifice they made. It's like, you know, that luxurious life in Pakistan, move over here so we can all go to uni. She's like, you, you get the degree and then you do what the hell you want. So I guess that's kind of what I did. At that time, 
was there anyone from a South Asian background that you could look up to in that sort of musical context or were you kind of more drawn towards the sort of traditional faces of like the UK underground? More drawn to the traditional faces, but I mean, I had some support from Yasser on BBC Asian Networks so after Big Him Up and like he brought me on the show and stuff. So I'd say that was like maybe one of the first like Asian role models I had mm-hmm. um, in, in that same similar kind of space. You know, going to festivals and stuff, electronic music, one, one of the pivotal moments was definitely watching Roska perform at yeah. Block, Block Weekend uh, in Minehead. And then he was like giving out his essential mix CDs and I listened to that and it was that kind of sound of like Bassy House, mm-hmm. um, like DJ Zinc, Roska, and then like Funky Steps and you know, all that kind of UK funky was. Your production is associated with the sounds of Pakistan and like broader South Asia. How was it for you kind of bringing some of those sounds into the music that you're putting out there? I'm not 100% sure how it happened. I think, to be honest, it was probably through the encouragement as well of Sam, who I run more time with. That was around the time it happened, like my first EP on more time uh, had the tune toll. Growing up, I always was around weddings. Me and my cousins would always make dances and <laughs> and like play doll and stuff. So that stuff I always had like grown up from a young, young age, like, you know, from when I was eight years old, there's videos of me doing dances. Always been in there, but like, it's just, I guess, having the confidence to put it into your music because there isn't really a template for that. There's obviously like Bangla and that sound, but it's not really in the underground club music space, if that makes sense. No, I mean, I've never heard it, so... But I guess like now things are changing. Like you've got people like Manara who uses a lot of Bollywood samples and acapellas like over the top. I still just, when I think of Asian music, I can't just help but think of like Gubby Gushy Gubby Gum. And like, that's just where it goes. I need to broaden my horizons there. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing like with Manara, like like you say, she's, she's so unique and like, she, she's like the best, I think, like at doing what she does. So it's like, you know, people like her, few other people that are coming out it's like it's exciting in a way because it could be the start of a whole new kind of sound it's just more like i want people to feel confident in doing whatever they want to do because even if they don't put asian sounds into their music or whatever and that that was the whole idea behind no id you should be able to do what you want uh, that's a pretty good segue what was your kind of thought process who are you talking to and what made you want to try and get this thing off the ground Towards the end of my time at Boiler Room, I, w- I think I, w- I wanted to do like an all Asian Boiler Room, but I hadn't had the idea formed or anything like that. And then just around that time, Jasmine Siri, she hit me up. She wanted to interview me for an article she was writing for Gaudem, which was about the daytimers raves, why they don't exist anymore and um, what happened to them. And, and she just wanted to talk to me in general. When she was talking to me, I didn't even know about that stuff. It just made me think about it a little more and start to notice a few things about how there isn't any round people around in, in these in these spaces. And then Nabi Hakbal put something on her Facebook being like, is there any Pakistani DJs around comment on my Facebook? Just want to link up. So we went for lunch together just off the back of that. And I was kind of forming this idea more and more in my head. I was like, I would love to do a night, which is all South Asian DJ, uh, no mm. genre limitation, just to see what happens. And those kind of steps along the way really encouraged me to do that. And she, you know, she was like a big push in that direction as well. And then eventually I was just, I said it to Nena and I was just like, I, I had a list at the time. <laughs> a lot of them, I didn't even know that they were Asian. So it was like, sometimes I'd find out someone's Asian. Asian. And then I just put them on the list. Such a fun surprise back then, eh, Mon? (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Stick it it on the fridge. Yes. (laughs) Collect them all. 
<laughs> exactly. And that's why the name, no idea, was like, first of all, no musical identity. And then we did the night at Rawak. It was super nice. It was, everyone was just really excited to be there and like just having a lot of conversations with each other. Uh, young Singh the other day, he was telling me, he was just like that night, just changed everything for him. He, he met someone, another Sikh in a turban and, and a beard, like for the first time in a club who, who both did similar kind of music and now he's doing so much good stuff and like the whole daytime is thing is just like amazing to see do you have big plans um post lockdown of getting another night up for no idea yeah see seeing things like daytime is juice drop the you know cello and all, all of these other platforms that are coming up now it's a team effort overall for everyone do you know what i mean and yeah when when the clubs are back there's definitely going to be more no ideas there's obviously so many people on Asian network who are pushing talent from you know the Asian diaspora and then there's also a bunch of us in the underground playing dancehall funky playing garage playing techno it's not to say that South Asians aren't in and a part of the music industry because obviously we are we're all kind of out here and we're all doing things the South Asian audio creatives recently launched a campaign talking about the lack of representation specifically in the kind of commercial radio world and kind of highlighting how there just wasn't any South Asians outside of kind of the Asian network. I was asked to record a pilot for it and I really struggled because I don't play any Asian music. I don't know I don't know anything about British Asian music really at all. Like my bag is like jungle and dancehall and dubstep and all that kind of stuff. That's what I can talk about and that's what I'm passionate about. So I had to do a lot of research and find out loads of artists and da-da-da-da-da. When I came out of the recording, I sort of had this like crisis of, am I not Asian enough for the Asian network? But I am Asian. What does this mean? Like, I, I didn't, yeah, it was it was all a bit of a... He said it. He said it exactly how up. it is. Like, like that's, that's, how, that's how everyone feels when, they, when we go in for pilots. Yeah, that's it. For me, there's, I kind of feel like whatever I do in radio, my path is only to end up at Asian network. Even if I'd say I'm probably more suited to one extra or maybe radio six, I feel like all the forces that are at play, the only place that I could go on the BBC is Asian network, even though that's, I'm not suited to it. There you go. Yeah, that's the sad thing, really. But then I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, black artists and DJs that feel the same about One Extra, like I said. Um, And think of all those poor white people on Radio 4 that are just like, damn it. (laughs) 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 Honestly, everyone's shackled to their ethnicity. Yeah, they are. We're all victim to it. Yeah. Be past our colour, please. (laughs) Anyway. Finally, my favorite part of the chat is bum, bada, bum, 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 Desi Island Discs. Yusuf, how did I pronounce that? I think you were that spot on, actually. So this can be a track you would take if you're banished to a Desi Island rather than Desert Island. It can be from your favorite South Asian DJ, producer, artist, whoever you're listening to at the moment or reminds you of your parents growing up in Pakistan, whatever it is. What is your Desi Island Disc? producer called Dorama. I just love his sound and like the way he produces and incorporates percussion kind of similarly to what I do and I feel like could be the start of a new genre. <laughs> but, um, but no, I should I should have some classics probably on my iTunes that I would take with me to the desert island but the desi island <laughs> <laughs> and um I guess just to finish off is there anything in the pipeline with more time records? Yeah. Basically, um, last year we just took a bit of a break. It was like a bit reflective um, for the label, but we're coming back in a big way this year. There's a lot of music. Um, and yeah, as soon as the clubs are back, then no idea will be back as well. 
That was I Had Ellie, a.k.a. I Had a Dream, talking about all sorts, really. His life, his upbringing, his record label, his Night No ID, and the stuff he's got coming up in that pipeline. I mean, we literally just heard him speak about it, so we all remember. Um, wow. But, yeah, you know what? He is a South Asian doing bits. He's doing bits. He's doing real bits. And you know what? We love to see it. We love to see it. Am I a bit jealous? Yeah, maybe. You know, if you Google his name, a, a bar comes up on the side that like Google puts there being like, yeah, 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 this is who he is. This is what he does. That's when you know you've made it. He's, he's, he's actually made it. And he's a cool, he's a really cool guy. He's a really cool down to earth guy. And I like him. Yeah, he's, um, he's made it. And he's also got the blue tick as well. So that's pretty cool. I know. I'm hoping he'll follow me back on Insta after this has gone out. So yeah. hi, hi, I had. Hey, I had. Feel free to uh, follow me back, bro. Bro. <laughs> um, but no, that was good. I enjoyed that. He is doing bits. And he's not only doing bits, I feel, for himself and just like succeeding generally in the music industry, but he's really championing other South Asian people out there. I think he also mentioned in your Desi Island Discs a producer that I've never heard of who's really up and coming. So I think we should look into them as well. Yeah, he's, he's talking about loads of people. I'm excited to find out more about all of them get chatting to all of them, go to a no ID this year. How about that? Yeah, definitely. As soon as all this is said and done in terms of COVID, I saw something on the other day on Twitter, which is said, which said when COVID is over, it's starting to sound like the new when I win the lottery. Or, or it's starting to sound like the new inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's so right. <laughs> on. Yeah, that's spot on. That's very good. That's better than the lottery one. What else did we have on this jam-packed show? We had Mark from the South Asian Audio Creatives dropped loads of truth bombs all over us, which is pretty interesting to hear, wasn't it? Yeah, I am very optimistic about who we are, the fact that we've always been here. We're in the music industry. We are achieving a lot. But also the fact that there is such a long way to go. Those stats that he was coming out with, the number of um, South Asian DJs across commercial radio stations, embarrassing. Yeah, it just feels like nothing has changed since, or very, very, basically the bare minimum has been done since our grandparents arrived in this country in 1963. Oh, that's near enough 50 years ago, or 50-ish years ago, and I think it's just insane to think that we aren't getting any recognition in that industry. But... That's, you know, that's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we're doing this. And we have highlighted in this first episode that there are people out there and hopefully things are going to change. In the words of Sam Cooke, change is going to come. A change is going to come. There's loads of stuff going on. I'm just really excited for us to get all these cool guests on. And this is a journey for us as well. You know, me and Yusuf don't know that much about it. That's why we're here. We want to learn more about our culture, our history, South Asia combine that with music and learn about the contribution that as a group of people we're making so listeners we're in for a treat do you know what's fair as someone who's getting a bit older i prefer a day party to a night party now because i can still be in bed by midnight speaking of going out (laughs) (laughs) yeah what's this is this a segue this is a segue speaking of going nights out days out daytimers How about that as a next topic of conversation? Because next time we're going to be talking about daytimers and how loads of young, cool South Asian people in, I don't know, up north, West London, 
they were attending daytime parties. And that's not because, you know, they were like you, they just wanted to be a bed at reasonable time, but it was because they literally weren't allowed out at nighttime. And that was a huge thing in South Asian culture. We're going to dig a bit deeper into that, speak to the people that were involved, people that went to the parties, and those people that were kind of integral in putting those things together. Because it was actually, I think, quite a major part of being a young South Asian person growing up in this country. It's going to be a really interesting episode. It's going to be a little bit different to the one we've just done because it's talking about stuff that's happened in the past rather than the stuff that's happening right now. But I think it's a very vital part of our history in the music industry in this country. So we've got that to look forward to. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, you didn't sound that excited, so... I'm so gassed. I cannot wait. And that's it from us. So everyone tune in next time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to this first episode. Obviously, we've never done this before, so there might be some teething issues. And, you know, we might not be coming to you live and direct from a really posh studio, but we're making it happen. So thanks for your ears. Good night. See you later.